Hello, queens. You're listening to Words of Wisdom from your queen, Yolanda Thomas. Well, hello, my beautiful Hebrew sisters, my melanated girls, my indigenous people, my black queens. I am Yolanda Thomas, and you know what? Today, I'm here to just give you a word of encouragement to just push you into the next phase of our life, you know, because I reminded of the word that he is going to restore unto us the years, not just the minutes and the seconds and the hours and the days, but he is going to restore the years that the canker worm, the pommel worm, the caterpillar and the locusts have eaten. He said that he was going to give it back unto us. He said that he would give us double for our trouble. You know, I don't know how much trouble you've been in since your day of conception. I'm not even talking about the day that you were born, but your day of conception when your father's sperm made it it with the egg of your mama's seed and you were conceived in that process. I don't know what troubles you had. Maybe it was a trouble of trying to work your way up the fallopian tube. Maybe you had a trouble of trying to implant inside your mom's uterus. I don't know what the trouble was. It could have happened during birth. You know, sometimes the cord get wrapped around the neck and sometimes, you know, other stuff happens. You know, I don't know. But he said that he would give you double for all of the trouble that you've been through. And, you know, a lot of times what we do is we try to equate it on the trouble that we know in our mind that we went to. But it is so good to know that our king, he is so intelligent. He is so full of his wisdom is just infinite. It just goes beyond anything that we could ever just even dare to imagine in our own minds. But it goes so much further than that, that he said that he's going to give us double. For all of that. And if that don't give you some excitement, look, I'm here to give you a word tonight because my word tonight, you know, it comes from the book of Job. And, you know, let me tell you a little bit about Job. Job was uh, the book of Job, even though it it happens kind of like in the middle of our Bible. Actually, the book of Job is one of the first books. It is actually one of the first books when you take the Bible and you put it in chronological order, because the Bible that we read today is really not in chronological order at all. You know, it's it's put in an order according to uh, the way the story should go. But it's not like that for real, Queens. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. But when you take the Bible and you put it in chronological order, Job is actually one of the oldest characters in our book. He's one of our oldest ancestors. And his life, you know, is a testament unto us because Job had a hard time. You know, he started off in the beginning, you know, Job, he was rich. He was very, very wealthy. And during this time, you know, people would come to Job's house and they would have parties for weeks. And not just him, but his children would have parties all week. They had their own dwellings and they would just party. And 
at this one particular time, you know, Satan, he had already been kicked out of heaven and and he saw Job and, and he went up, you know, this, let me tell you now, this was before Christ, of course. So Satan had free course to go up into heaven because the heavenlies hadn't been cleansed yet. You know, Yeshua, Jesus cleansed the heavenlies. So Satan, he cannot go up into heaven and ask the Lord for you. He can't do that. So don't let nobody tell you that, that Satan went up and asked God permission to have you. And God said, did you try my servant, Justina? Did you try my servant, Miriam? No, queens, that don't happen anymore. This is Old Testament, okay? But at that time, Satan went up into the heavenlies and uh, with the sons of God. And, and he, you know, he was like, look, God, if you could take a hedge from around Job, he'll curse you to your face. You know, he, he, the only reason Job is praising you, the only reason Job is worshiping you, the only reason Nakia is worshiping you, the only reason Tiffany is worshiping you, the only reason the queens are gathering together today to, to talk about you is because you blessed them. Take OMA away from them. I bet they won't praise you. Take, take some of that money away from them. I bet, I bet they won't. Take that gift and that talent. Touch that child. Touch this. Touch that. I bet they won't. But you know, it's good to know that <laughs> We've already been through our trouble. We've been through 401 years plus of trouble. So guess what? It's time for the double. But anyway, he went up there and he asked for Job. And, you know, in the most high in his infinite wisdom, knowing what he knew, he told him, he said, you know, go on, touch him, touch him. But you can't touch his life. So in one day, in one day, after a series of incidents, after a series of things that went on, Job lost everything. He lost his servants. He lost his cattle. He lost his children. He lost even his own wealth. He lost everything. And then on top of that, the enemy, he still wasn't through with them. Satan still wasn't through low down thing. He went back up to God and he said, uh, if you allow me to touch his body, he's going to cuss you to your face. God said, go on, because see, I know Job's heart and I know that Job is not a man that will turn against me. I, you know, you're looking at Job from the outside appearance. You're looking at my queens from the outside appearance. But I'm her husband. I know the intimate things about her. I know her from the inside out because not only did I marry her, I created her. So I already know what she's going to say from the last day to the very first day. So go on, try her. <laughs> go, go on and rape her. <laughs> go, go on. Go on, touch, go, go on and touch the bank account. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Go on and, uh, you know, touch her job. Put her in jail. Th th do those things. But guess what, queen? Even like Job, Job's even wife came up to her and said, came up to him and said, curse God and die. Job looked at that woman and said, you, you sound like a foolish woman. I know. I don't know. She must not have been a Hebrew because <laughs> well, anyway, we're not going to say. It. But Job said, uh, woman, you sound like a foolish thing. You know, so out of all of that, Job developed boils. Now, I don't know how many queens have had a boil before. I mean, one boil can, man, I had a boil on the back of my head one time. I thought I had brain cancer. I really did. 
I drove from Tallulah, Louisiana, all the way to St. Louis, Missouri. True story, Queens. True story. Because my aunt was dating a neurosurgeon. I went all the way to St. Louis because I said to myself, self, and self said, huh? And I said, if I got brain cancer, I'm just not going to die here in front of my kids. I'm going to go all the way somewhere else. And I literally drove all the way to St. Louis to find out I had a ball. <laughs> but anyway, that brought me so much pain. I literally thought I was dying. Job had balls from the crown of his head to the soles of his feet. Do you hear me, queen? To the point that the Bible said he took stones and he started scraping his skin. Oh, my God. But on top of that, Job had three friends. And these three friends, you know, they came to Job and they were telling Job things like, what did you do to sin against God? What did you do wrong? What did you say wrong? You didn't do this right. Or perhaps you did this wrong. Or maybe you didn't even do that. Have you ever fallen into a hard time for people only to come to you to tell you what you could have possibly did wrong? Instead of telling you all the things that you need to hear, I don't need you to come tell me and remind me of what I'm doing wrong. I already know what I'm doing wrong. Tell me what I'm doing right. So it just so happened that all the way to the end in Job 4, chapter 42. It came to pass that the Lord told Job's three friends that you're wrong. You are wrong because you did not tell Job the truth. And that's familiar about people who come and tell you something, but it's really not the truth. It's based on their own wisdom and knowledge of what they think should be happening in your life. And come to find out, that's what Job's friend was doing to him. They were coming to him, telling him what they thought Job should have been doing. And they thought that the Most High was punishing him. And it kind of sounds familiar with our people. You know, our people have been thinking and our people have been taught by our allies, so to say, or those that enslaved us, taught us that the Most High was angry with us. They told us that our God was mad at us, told us that our God was so angry with us because we were disobedient and that we were hard headed and that he was punishing us and that he was whooping us. I, I hate that term. Uh, God going to whoop your tail. God going to get you. God. Queens, that's a lie. No, 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 no. Our husband is not mad of us. He's not mad. Why would he be mad when he's Alpha and Omega? His name is Alaf, beginning, Tav, end. He knows us. So why would he get angry with us when we fall? <laughs> he already prepared a way for us. He loved us so much that he didn't even spare his own son. He freely gave him up for us. How shall he not with him give us the right to be redeemed? 
Give us the right to recover all. Give he remember on last week he gave us angels. I mean, he gave us angels to give and to work for us to make sure that everything we need is carried out in this earth. So how is it that he's angry with us and prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies? So you know what? Job's friends, they had to go to Job. Yeah, they had to go to Job. And they had to ask Job to pray for them. And the Lord told Job, he said, when your friends come and ask you to pray for them, pray for them. Pray for them. Because then I'm going to turn your captivity over. And that's what happened to Job. The same that's going to happen to us queens. But you know what? Believe it or not, Job is not the topic of this tonight. I want to tell you about Job's three daughters. Yeah. Because when Job recovered all after he prayed for those three friends. Let me tell you, the Bible says, and we're going to start at verse 12. I'm at Job 42, verse 12. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. For he had 14,000 sheep and 6,000 camels and a thousand yoke of oxen. Now, can you imagine how much land Job had to possess to house 14,000 sheep? How much land for 6,000 camels? And not only just talking about land, you know, he had to have a place to, he had to have barns for him. For a thousand oxen, come. I need Miss Stephanie on here. How many cows is that? Really? And a thousand she asses, a thousand donkeys. But Job had seven sons and he had three daughters. But let me tell you what's significant about these three daughters. The names of the seven sons are not listed in the Bible. But the names of the three daughters are, yeah. He says he called the name of the first Jemima. Mm-hmm. And the name of the second, Kezia. You know what? I love that one. The name of my second daughter's name is Kezia. I love it. Yeah, I named her after this story. And the name of the third, Karen Huppet. And the Bible says in verse 15, and in all the land were no women found so fair as the daughters of Job. In all the land, there were no women found as fair. And and the word fair not only mean beautiful, but the word fair also mean wise, also mean wealthy. Their daddy was rich. Do you think the daughters was? What? 
and their father Joe gave them inheritance among their brethren. My goodness. Look, let me tell you something. The reason I wanted you to know that in the beginning, that the book of Job is one of the oldest books in the Bible, because I'm one who believes in the law of first happenings. It, it, it's, it's, it's the first time it is ever mentioned. And they call it the law of first mention, you know, the law that it first happened or the first time that it ever happened. This is the first story, the oldest book, that Job's daughters were named and not his sons. Because, you know, the Bible that, that, that we've been taught, they exalt men all the time. The men, they do everything. You know, they even say to women, the woman, shut up. You're not supposed to preach. You're not supposed to talk. You're not supposed to do that. But isn't it amazing to me that Job's daughters are named and not his sons and that they receive an inheritance right along with his sons? Ah, I love it, my queens. Why? Because it proves to me that we are recovering all. Everything that the enemy has stolen from the time of conception up until we leave and go to glory, our Father has already prepared it for us. Those things that you dreamed, those things that you hope, those things that you feel and that you see in the midnight hour. And when you wake up in the morning, you're pressing to see those things come into fruition. My queens, my sisters, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. You are about to see your inheritance come before your very eyes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Because he promised us. He even said in Isaiah, he said, I'm about to do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? <laughs> Don't miss it because you don't know it. You can't say you don't know it. You know it. Oh, yeah, you know it. You know it's coming. And I'm telling you, it's closer than your very eyes and your hands can reach. It's right there. Believe it, queens. Receive it, queens. And know that your king, your husband, has an inheritance laid up for you. He says that your queen of Sheba has come laden in with her treasures. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you know the song by K. John. Now my ship is coming in. Yeah. You know, the Bible talks about ships from Tarshish coming in laden with all types of jewels and golds and silvers and fine linen and perfumes. <laughs> Yeah, that's what our Bible, our constitution, these are the things that our king says he has laid up for his bride. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I am right now declaring that the affirmations that we've been saying and the declarations that we've been declaring 
that today is now our reality. It is no longer just an affirmation or a declaration. It is our current condition. <laughs> it's our current condition, not an affirmation. This is what we live in. Yeah, these are the things that we're living. It is the dream that we are that we've dreamt for years. It's our season. It is our time. And we shall take hold and behold the goodness of the Lord. Yeah, in this land of the living. He promised it to us. It's ours. And we're going to take hold of it. You know why? Because it is our season to recover all. Our pants don't have holes in them anymore. You know, the Bible speaks of that too. He says you, you have money and it's like you're putting it in your pocket with holes in it. But guess what? We don't have pockets with holes anymore. And it's not because our holes been sewn up. Nah, we have our new clothes. Yeah, yeah. Our own design uh-huh. with our own label on them. Come on, queen. Catch your vision. I love you. And just know it's our season to recover all. Because when we wake up in the morning, we're queens. Adjust your cap, adjust your crown. Why? Our crowns shift during the day. We go through things, but at night, it's still there. It didn't fall off. We are queens. I love you. Join us again here next Monday at seven o'clock Central, eight o'clock Eastern, five o'clock Pacific. Golly, I'm gonna get that right one day. I'm gonna get it right one day. Just study today will impact